0: Today, we're talking to a young woman who was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 16. Though she had trials and tribulations, she learned to embrace her treatment and self-care, leading her to a resilient comeback that is truly remarkable. Now nearing the end of her college career, she has taken up the cause of advocacy for mood disorders by starting a support group for people with bipolar disorder on her own campus. She joins us from there. Welcome to Flip Switch. Hi, thank you. So, you were diagnosed first at 16, right? Yes. What were you diagnosed with?
1: I was diagnosed with bipolar 2.
0: That's one that's characterized more by hypomania, right? Yes. What led to that diagnosis?
1: I was very depressed as a sophomore in high school, and I was just, you know, laying low and feeling very lethargic and all of that. And then I started getting more and more upset by little things, and the anxiety was mixed with the depression, and soon enough... I just got caught up in mania as a junior in high school. Everything upset me. I was just, I had these racing thoughts and just could not stop and just lost touch of reality. And at Mm -hmm. that point, I was in full-blown mania.
0: When you hit that level of mania, when you were that out of control, what exactly was going on?
1: At that point, I felt like I had electricity coursing through my veins, so I would get in my car and drive around and try to get the energy out in some way. Mm -hmm. It definitely didn't work. I was just spinning my wheels, obsessing on anything. I I got myself into some sticky situations with a bunch of different boys. Not nothing as bad as other things I've heard, but (laughs) um, I felt like I had different selves, and I was telling people different things and had no recollection of what I had just said and it just got very confused and very upset and no one around me understood what was going on because I had not been diagnosed yet.
0: (laughs) Who was it that first noticed that you were sort of coming off the track so sweet?
1: Oh, my mom for sure. She didn't know that it was bipolar, but she couldn't figure out why I was losing touch with reality and just getting so anxious about things that normally would not upset she was monitoring my relationships with people watching people get more upset with me and confused and she would try to reality check with me and say well didn't you just say that you felt strongly about them or really anything like that and since I was really not as in touch with reality as I normally would be I would have no idea what she was talking about so Honestly, if I can suggest anything to people listening, I would say have a buddy who, when you are feeling very good and you're completely stable, you can say, okay, I'm going to check in with you, and if you notice anything, if I'm getting more upset about things, or if I'm talking a little too fast or anything like that, I want you to tell me and I will trust you. When
0: you were first diagnosed, a lot of people have trouble accepting their diagnosis. Did you have Mm -hmm. trouble or or was it, did you just say, okay, I'm bipolar and move on? Uh,
1: Honestly, I was so excited to be getting treatment. I was just miserable because I was in a mixed state the entire time. So even my mania wasn't too fun. I was just like, okay, and I take medicine for this and I do self care, okay. Give me the medicine. I just wanted an explanation for why I was so upset. So I immediately just accepted it. And I think that really, really helped me get healthy soon.
0: So you mentioned the importance of medication. What kind Mm -hmm. of medications were you prescribed?
1: At first, I was given Seroquel. And I know it works for a few buddies of mine. But I was already so manic that it bumped me up a little bit and I fell asleep within 30 minutes. So I've started failing classes because I was falling asleep during tests. So I had to go back to the doctor. And at that point, I understood that it's going to be a trial and error thing. It's because different medicine works for different people. And I know at that point, people like my brother and my friends will go, well, if that one didn't work, I'm not trying another one. There's no way. But we just have to understand and accept that it's going to take a little while, but our doctors will find the right ones for us. What
0: do you think it is about you? Because, like you said, your brother would say, are you crazy? I'm not doing that and again. What do you think it is about you that allows you to accept that it's a trial and error method and other people would be like, look, if one's not doesn't work, the other's not going to work?
1: Well, I just, I've seen that it is possible to be healthy again to do and stay motivated. If I look, I've done research about people in the media who Mm -hmm. have been successful and Kate Jamison, who I really look up to, Mm -hmm. has written wonderful books about it. And I just think I've been so focused on what I can do when I'm not feeling so horrible that I'm just willing to do anything to get back to where I was. And I understand that some people will say that medicine is a crutch but it's just bringing us back to where we should be.
0: We'll hear more of the interview later on in the show where our guest talks about her own experience with advocacy and setting up a support group on her own campus. This is Shira
1: with your Tech Corner Tech Tip of the Week the community service club in your school boring, lame, or doesn't exist at all? You can start a club or supersize an existing one at www.do-something.org/clubs. Do Something Clubs are a free, fun, and easy way for you to take action in your community and impact the causes you're passionate about. Teen-led clubs get national attention on the site for what they accomplish during the year. Like to try it, but aren't quite sure how to get started? DS staff can help you with project ideas and tips for managing and sustaining the group. Your club may also be eligible for a cash grant. www.dosomething.org. Check it out! This has been Shira with your Tech Corner Tip of the Week. See you next week! You're the, you're the place to be, be.
0: You had to pinpoint one thing that's helped you more than anything in kind of your fight with bipolar disorder. What what would you say that was?
1: I suppose I can just wrap it all up and just say self-care in general with the many different elements to it.
0: Now, a lot of people – the strange thing about self-care is that a lot of the things that people are supposed to do to take care of themselves – are pretty, in some ways, obvious, but yet people don't do them. What is it about you that's made you able to kind of embrace self-care when other people just don't seem to, even knowing that they should, like, say, not stay up all night, say, no, I've got to do this. What makes you different than other people who, for some whatever reason, aren't able to do it?
1: I feel like I'm just very in tune with how I feel when I'm taking certain medications, when I'm doing anything, if I'm you know, watching a movie that's starting to upset me too much, and when I notice that something is making me feel good, like exercise, which is way up there on the self-care list for me, I want to embrace that feeling and say, you know what, I need to write this down, I need to talk to a friend, I need to talk to my parents, and remember that this is what will get me feeling better. I feel like when I attach myself to what I want to feel I can just keep in mind in many different ways by checking in with people, by writing it down anything that that's how I will get back to that
0: Along those same lines, uh, you know, you're in college now and the, mm-hmm. ha- the hallmark of a lot of people's college experiences is this kind of out of sync lifestyle where they go out and drink a lot they uh, mm-hmm. stay up all night for <clears throat> either to go out with their friends or they stay up all night to study for a test mm-hmm. and there, I guess what I'm saying is there's a lot of things in college that can naturally pull you towards not self-care for like right, a better term. Right, for sure. So mm-hmm. uh, um, and you know we, we, we did a roundtable not too long ago and we asked people, they said how do you steer clear of this. And they said, well, we we, we can't. It's hard. Wondering about self-care and, and how you've managed to overcome a lot of that. How do you kind of avoid those pitfalls that are just everywhere in college?
1: Well, I think I've actually I've never drank or smoked or anything. So once again, I'm just so aware of what's going on around me. And I just say, look, maybe some people can drink alcohol and feel OK the next day. But we just have to accept that that's not going to work for us, that it's going to offset the medications, going to offset anything we're doing right now, relationships with people. And I know it's hard to maybe avoid people who are doing that and getting wasted all the time or obsessively studying all the time, but we just need to be very concerned with ourselves. And there are people out there who don't drink and do drugs, and there are people who understand that sleep is more important than getting four more hours of studying it.
0: Staying in the the idea of college, um, in the past, I guess, 10, 15 years, there's been a movement to provide services more for people who have not just physical disorders, but emotional uh, mood disorders and other types of psychological disorders, did you take advantage of any of the resources available on on your campus?
1: Yes, I I definitely started seeing a counselor. I've actually used the services to help me set up any support groups just in case kids feel more comfortable talking to another student about what's going on with them. And I I stay closely affiliated with the school and, and, you know, make sure they know this, this isn't a replacement for it. But just to provide another means of support, and in turn that that helps me by you know staying connected with people and helping them out
0: along with that, you, you said that you you know quite a few people who have been on other medications like mm-hmm. Well. So through your support groups, do you know a lot of other people who have bipolar disorder?
1: Yes, we really feel very closely connected and enjoy sharing our stories, and I just think it's very important to understand that we're not alone there are very many people who have to deal with it and many kids our age who you know in adolescence we we have our most horrible experience with it and it's just it's really nice especially if people are struggling with wanting to take medication or different different medication things like that because you get to hear other people say You know, I tried Depakote, and that just was not working for me. And then another person can say, well, if you have these symptoms, talk to your doctor. Maybe they'll give you amygdala instead. So I think it's just very important to check in with other people who have had similar situations going on, just to have a certain camaraderie.
0: Finally, is there anything that you might tell your newly diagnosed self from where you are now that you kind of think would have been helpful to know back then?
1: At that point, I really did not think I was going to be able to get into any college or that I was going to be able to rebuild any of the relationships that I was destroying all over the place. But I just, I'm glad that I didn't completely lose hope that I was going to be able to come back and, you know, be what I want to be, go to the college I want to go to. And really, it is possible to repair those friendships most of the time and, and just accept that it's going to be okay I felt so lost but I wish my little self knew that it's really it's not so hard once you get over the hump with the I I can't stress the self-care enough but it it just it brings you back thank you for joining us thank you very much